The Winnipeg Jets are currently watching a lot of teams going through some regime changes, and one of those teams is the Nashville Predators. Winnipeg's old rival from a few years ago appears to be changing gears, and under Barry Trotz, they might have a new direction. We'll dive into that new direction and why Barry Trotz might be on the path to something special with Nashville right on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so is, of course, completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, tonight's episode, we've got a couple of really fun topics. Uh, the first we're going to dive into is the new direction of the Nashville Predators. Barry Trotz had some of his first media availability since becoming the GM of the Preds. And I know a lot of people have tr- traditionally had a lot of thoughts about you know, Trotz being an old school coach, somebody who, uh, when he was behind the bench, you know, he liked veteran players. Uh, he liked guys who were grinders, four checkers. If that sounds familiar, it's because it's very similar to Rick Bonus. Uh, and I, I think in a lot of ways, Trotz, you know, had he not won that Stanley Cup with the uh, uh, Washington Capitals, probably would have been seen as a bit of a lame duck. Now, the reality of Trot's teams is that they actually do play pretty good hockey, right? Uh, very defensively oriented, and they create offense occasionally off the rush. But, you know, tr- traditionally we've seen lower event teams. So when Trotz came on to the mic today and, and addressed the media, he had some interesting commentary that I thought is something that the Jets should honestly take note of because it's the sort of stuff that Winnipeg kind of does already. But I think in in Trotz's case, uh, he's following it and marrying it with a couple of interesting hires and things that make me feel somewhat confident in the the future of the Preds, if this is, you know, any indication to go by. The first thing that I thought was really worth talking about was Nashville's drafting strategy, which actually, when you look at how the Jets have drafted, Winnipeg doesn't do too bad, Uh, especially the past couple of drafts. I think Winnipeg has really done what Barry is preaching, which is swinging for the fences. Go for skill. Look for players who, you know, maybe out of the first round or at the back end of the first round, you're looking for guys who might be project players, but who have a lot of skill and a lot of very interesting levels of production, maybe married to some cosmetic flaws that you feel you can work with. I suppose the most recent example for the Jets is probably like a Rutger McGroarty. Now, you could argue McGroarty was taken a little bit higher than a player who has uh, below uh, pro-level skating, you know, you would usually go for, right? I, I think a lot of people would see McGroarty's edge work and think to themselves, you know, was it really worth taking, what, was that 14th overall, I believe? 
and Rutger, I think, is a very interesting player, but he is kind of a project in some way. But when you think about how, uh, you know, a lot of teams have kind of approached stuff out of the top 10 picks, a project player might not be the worst thing. And it feels like Barry Trotz is kind of on the right path in terms of his thinking. He said, you know, I know what a third or fourth line player looks like. I can find them almost anywhere. What he can't find is players that put uh, butts in seats, which is kind of different than how the Preds have been the past few years. You look at that roster, it's a pretty banal team, right? Other than Yusuceros, uh at one point, Ailey Tolvanen or Tovanen, um, and then Philip Forsberg, a few other players of that caliber, you weren't seeing tremendous levels of high-octane skill. And some of the guys who were the most skilled players are either defenders or in net. So in terms of players who can really be game changers, game breakers, that high-level offensive talent, the Preds weren't really picking up a lot of that, in part because of where they were drafting. You know, they've traditionally been a middle-of-the-pack team, and when you're in the middle of the pack, that means you get middle-of-the-pack picks. So kind of similar to how the Jets were, I, I think that they actually have a lot of things in common, both in uh, some of the issues with the roster composition and also some of their bigger fears about how to get people to attend games. Now, I will say that I think the Jets have actually to a point, done the same thing when it comes to drafting. Winnipeg has recently been going for a lot of skill, uh, which I think is a great change. They've gotten a couple of players who are maybe longer shots, but if you're drafting outside of uh, a top 10 or a top 5 pick, you can afford to take some more risks and really see if you can hit home runs on like high-end skill, players with unique traits that you might not be able to find uh, with other prospects. So, Trotz all right, you're kind of speaking the right language. And then you follow that up with an Andrew Burnett hire. And I feel like that for me is a sign that Trotz might be thinking more towards the current style of the game. Uh, Brunette is a very high octane, high offense, uh, occasionally risky style of hockey. Uh, as a coach, I think he's uh, certainly learning structure um, and, and kind of how to integrate that at a pro level because Brunette's Panthers, when he first joined they were very fun, but they were also very loose and kind of chaotic. It's seeming like Burnett has kind of started to adapt more and more system, uh, systemic and systematic elements to his game. Some stuff that I think uh, really could change how the Preds play. And with this Nashville roster being where it is, which is right now not great, uh, but still has some unique talent to work with, maybe Burnett and this Trotz marriage will last more than a few seasons. Uh, sometimes these things are short-lived relationships. It seems like Barry might be in more for the long haul, so we will see how that pans out. But for the Jets, I think it should put Winnipeg on notice that the Nashville Predators are not going to be a pushover anymore and might end up becoming uh, one of the scarier teams in the Central Division. Now, speaking of the Central Division, I thought it would also be worth talking about Bones uh, as a year-two coach and how he'll handle next year's roster and what might be different for him as this Jets team is likely to undergo some major changes this offseason. We'll dive into all of that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my immune system and an easy habit that would help me strengthen my internal 
defense network, right? This is all really important stuff when you've got all sorts of viruses and bugs running around, especially during these times of years when everyone's crowding at concerts and going to sporting events and stuff. You need something that's safe and convenient. And with AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. And best of all, it is just one scoop in a cup of water. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free restrictions. It doesn't have nasty chemicals or weird GMOs or things, and it tastes great. And best of all, it's also really easy on the wallet. A single cup costs less than a three dollars, uh, less than three dollars a day, which is probably a lot cheaper than those cold brews you might be used to pounding every single day. And you don't have to just take my word for it. Athletic Greens has over seven thousand five star reviews from pro athletes, trainers, and fitness enthusiasts just like you. So. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, I thank you for returning to this show. We are uh, obviously talking about a number of changes around the offseason and the Central Division. We just talked about the Preds being perhaps uh, a bit of a tough customer next season, right? Probably more for the seasons beyond, though, than anything, as first-year trots is not going to have a lot to do uh, to make this team significantly better, but you know, in the following years, Nashville might start to get scary again. Now, speaking of returning coaches and folks who are going to have some changes to deal with, uh, Rick Bonus next season, I think the big question is, what is this Jets team going to be like under him? And based on what we're looking at with this offseason, I'm going to be honest. I think the Jets are going to be in tough to make the playoffs. Uh, Winnipeg, you know, you might be thinking, well, they're in a soft division, and if enough players come back, the Jets could probably squeeze in. And that is true. But I feel like with all these other teams that are slowly improving, uh, getting better, getting smarter, uh, faster, more dangerous, and and really turning over some of those old cores, the Jets are going to potentially be losing Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheifele, Pierre-Luc Dubois. All of those guys are seemingly on the way out this offseason. Not next year, this offseason. So, Short of Winnipeg winning almost every trade and getting elite roster players back, the reality is Bones is going to have to see a team that's going to be worse than it was last year. And this past season, let's be honest, the Jets had trouble scoring and they had some legitimate issues breaking some of those old habits. There were things that they did that we've seen from them time and time again. And barring some major changes to uh, critical positions and stuff, Bones is probably going to have less talent to work with a second go around. So my feeling is that next season, we're going to see the Jets try and compensate with a slower, more defensive style. I feel like the era of the Jets being really risky and stuff might be, I wouldn't say over, but I think the Jets are going to be more conservative. Um, We saw at times um, this season where Bones kind of held the defense back, asked guys to, to drop deep and not really push as aggressively in the offensive zone as we saw in the first half of the season, which 
for me, it would be disappointing because I think a faster, more aggressive Jets team is probably the only way that you're going to realistically compensate for the lack of talent. I think when you think about how the Jets have created offense this past season, a lot of it was just creating chaos in the slot and looking for greasy opportunities and rebounds, which is totally fine. I think that is a very valid way to do it. And I think the Jets should actually focus on that because it's clear that, you know, finishing wise, the Jets aren't going to have as much scoring talent next season. They didn't even have a ton of it this year. So that being the case, look for, I don't know, more second chance opportunities and maybe get away from like point shots, right? We saw an over-reliance on a lot of uh, long distance tips and stuff. I think the Jets can do other stuff other than just go for tip deflections from a mile out. I think the problem for the Jets is um, they they think deflections are more dangerous than they are, which it's not that they're not dangerous. In fact, a really well-placed deflection on a point shot can really catch goalies and defenders off guard. And the Jets have some pretty good uh, hand-eye coordination, let's be real. But relying on that as your primary source of goal scoring just isn't going to work in the long term. It's, it's generally lower danger, and I think the Jets can do other stuff down low to create more chaos and get goalies and defenders shifting laterally. That's when you create real danger. That lateral movement where opponents are essentially reacting to your movements and passes, that is what is likely to open up more goal-scoring opportunities. As it is, the Jets' offense, I don't think, has always pushed opponents out of position in the right areas. When you do it in close, you might think, well, you know, a goalie's going to be square. There's not going to be as much movement for them. But... In all honesty, if you're passing in the right areas, like the Royal Road space, uh, right across that slot, it actually forces a goalie to move really aggressively across that crease because uh, the, the angles are really tight. So for the Jets, I think it's all about finding ways to stretch those opponents, uh, move those defensive structures around, and get into those greasy areas. Because as it is, I don't think the Jets are going to have the finishing talent to just go for bangers like we used to with Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Patrick Laine, the Jets are going to have to create offense artificially in some ways. And I think that is a big change that Bones could do if he has more forechecking um, players this, this coming offseason. And it's not like I love the style of hockey, but I think with how the Jets are going to look next season, where it's probably going to look more like, I don't know, the first year of the Seattle Kraken this is just a reality we're going to have to accept. The Jets are not going to have as much talent, and I think that's going to make it very difficult for Bones to improvise uh, a victorious team on the fly. So most likely, yeah, I'm still thinking the Jets are probably missing the playoffs. But let me know how you feel about this upcoming roster. Do you think the Jets will have a fun team, or do you think we're going to see a bit of a grindery squad coming up this season? Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Now, speaking of stuff for next season, in just a little bit, I want to talk about a major topic that is not really super important for the team uh, roster necessarily from the face of it, but in terms of building a culture of success and ultimately doing a lot of the off-ice stuff, it is kind of important to find your next Winnipeg Jets captain. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
everydayers, thank you so much for uh, joining us on these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We're just wrapping up with a question that I think hasn't really been asked very much. Um, I know amongst all of the questions surrounding the Jets roster, this one's probably, I would say, one of the least pressing, but also for me, kind of feels like it might help at least uh, give some direction to the room, right? We haven't had a captain in a while. We had a season without a captain. We had lots of assistant captains. We had guys who uh, really stepped up and, and became metaphorical captains, but we didn't have anyone wearing the C. So is it time to have an actual captain? I think so. And I've got a couple of candidates who I think are actually worth uh, giving that C to. The first is a very easy choice. I think this past season has really shown that he has the on-ice leadership traits and is kind of of the temperament that I think he'd actually make a, a very good captain, even if he might seem a little more mild-mannered in interviews. For me, it's Josh Morrissey. I think the dude works his butt off. He was instrumental in Winnipeg season this year. He took a huge personal step offensively. Uh, he's always been seen as a guy in the room who I think really commands a lot of respect. And, you know, in terms of being a force of, of leadership in example and in a lot of his statements and stuff, Josh just seems like a really easy pick. Uh, sometimes you don't always want your most skilled players to wear the seat just because it invites a lot of pressure that you don't always want to put on the shoulders of the guys who are supposed to carry, you know, all of the other on ice burdens. But I think with Josh, you know, the way that he has handled himself over these years and how he is, is, you know, usually very accountable uh, and is always somebody who has tried to lead by example. I really couldn't imagine a finer choice to wear the captaincy. Now, will they actually do a captain this year? I don't know. But if Morrissey isn't the guy that they choose, I did have a couple of backup candidates who I think would be very wonderful captains as well. One of them is probably Adam Lowry for me. Uh, I know that Lowry might not be the world-beating offensive two-way center that you know we all wish he was, but in terms of a guy who I feel like has always been very um, upfront about stuff and is a very positive voice for not only the team itself, but any of the social issues and stuff that they've uh, been vocal about, any of the community initiatives that they've they, they've really uh, pushed forth. Lowry has always kind of been one of the faces that I associate with this stuff. And I feel like as a player who uh, really exemplifies a lot of great personality traits um, and, and strong character when it comes to, you know, uh, the Jets roster, Lowry for me kind of ticks off all the boxes. I feel like as a captain, I think he's a very hardworking player. I think he's, you know, sensitive in the right ways. Uh, he's very clearly, uh, you know, super respected by the team. And I think he'd be a great choice as a captain. I think it would be um, a very easy voice for a lot of the guys to look up to. And I really would not be upset if he got himself that C. Now, I guess if we're looking for any other players, this is where it gets a little bit challenging because in terms of guys who I, I feel like um, are the kinds of players I would ask to wear the C, I feel like the Winnipeg doesn't really have many other candidates, but I guess if we're trying to find one, uh, like a third option, assuming he doesn't get traded, Dylan DeMello for me could very well also wear the C. Uh, Dylan is one of those guys who I feel like, again, another player who works very hard, fights for every shift and leads by example on and off the ice. 
I feel like his, um, you know, constant drive for success, his work ethic and desire to improve and the way that he carries himself in interviews, um, his accountability, and again, his character, all of these things I feel like make him, again, another good choice. Now, I still would say uh, amongst all of the players that I've listed, for me, it's got to be Josh. I would want to give him the C first, but if he doesn't get it, you know, either of Lowry or DeMello would be great choices. I'd love to hear your captaincy candidates, though. Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe there's somebody I haven't even thought of yet, or you have a future captain that you're thinking uh, for down the road. But until then, we will table that discussion and see who uh, eventually steps up and becomes the next person to wear the C for the Jets and who can fill that leadership gap that is currently there. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow. So again, uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.